Okay, hello everyone and welcome to the Actus Podcast, Talking CDI, the nation's only program dedicated to the clinical documentation integrity profession. The Actus Podcast is a bi-weekly program dedicated to bringing you closer to the difference makers in CDI and sharing the latest news and information relevant to the CDI profession and Actus. Today, Wednesday, February 17th, marks our 173rd program. Uh, today's featured Actus solution is the live virtual CDI bootcamp. The live virtual CDI bootcamp is Actus's premier training for CDI specialists, trusted by hundreds of CDI specialists as the go-to source for CDI education. This course defines the role of CDI specialist and provides comprehensive training on their responsibilities. The cool thing about the live virtual bootcamp is it is taught live in a convenient virtual setting. So we're providing the same small classes and personal touch and interaction we provide in a classroom. It's a rich, deep experience that includes discussion with folks like, well, introduce in a minute, Charm Brody, our bootcamp instructors, regularly featured on the Actus podcast. Check it out at HC Marketplace today. So my name is Brian Murphy, Director of Actus, the Association of Clinical Documentation Integrity Specialists, and I'm your host for today's program. What is artificial intelligence or AI? I want to note that today's show is sponsored by 3M Health Information Systems. 3M Health Information Systems, now with Mmodal, delivers innovative software and consulting services designed for a wide range of healthcare environments, from closing the loop between clinical care and revenue integrity to computer-assisted coding, clinical documentation integrity, and performance monitoring, 3M can help you reduce costs and provide more informed care. So I'm joined today by my co-host at the left, Sharm Brody. Sharm is an instructor for the CDI boot camps as well as a subject matter for expert for Actus. She has more than 35 years in the healthcare industry. I know you've seen her on our many publications and programs from our certification committee to our regulatory committee to being a regular writer for CDI strategies and the like. I want to welcome you back to the show, Sharm. Hi, Brian. Thank you. Happy belated Valentine's Day to everyone. Yeah, absolutely. That's right. We're just past, but I hope you guys all had a good Valentine's Day. Um, next, I'd like to introduce our, our special guest today. Um, I was just joking around with Juggy before the show. He has one of the, probably the most interesting name that I've had uh, in, for a guest on here. But uh, without further ado, we have uh, Juggy uh, Nathan. Juggy researches artificial intelligence and computer science for 3M Health Information Systems, developing new natural language and deep learning technologies that automatically structure patient-physician conversations into clinical documents. Really interesting background. We're going to get into that on today's show a little bit, but he's an AI researcher with over four decades in the field with a background that includes both industry technology development and academia company he founded in 1996 with technology from West Virginia University was acquired by M Modal in 2003 and he's been with the company ever since. He's also an adjunct professor teaching computer science and natural language processing or NLP at WVU. He describes himself as a tennis nut, golf nut, and a yoga nut in short a nut. <laughs> what a welcome Juggy to the show. Thank you Brian. Yeah. I am a nut. <laughs> well, thank you for joining. All right, we're going to start with a question related to today's topic. I'm going to go ahead and pull that up. 
just a moment. You should be seeing that hitting your screen any moment now. Today we're asking you, does your organization use an application powered by artificial intelligence to help your CDI department? So your options are yes, we use physician-facing AI. Yes, we use a CDI or coding-facing AI tool. Perhaps you use both, maybe within the same application, but physician and CDI uh, coding-facing AI. No or don't know. We'll let you guys take, I'll give you another moment to take the poll. Again, we're asking whether you use uh, technology that contains AI, either physician-facing, CDI coding-facing, both, know or don't know. Um, as I always do, I'd love to get your comments as well on today's topic. So you can, if you're, one of these poll options does not pertain to you, drop it into the, the chat feature and I will try to work it into the program. All right, we've got about 75% of our audience has voted. So we're going to go ahead and close this out and we will come back to it in just a few minutes. All right, as I mentioned, uh, Juggies, our uh, special guest today, I want to welcome you to the show and thanks for being a part of the Actus podcast. Um, gosh, you've got a really interesting background. You know, I sort of breezed over that in the, the cursory reading of your bio here, but hoping you could just talk a little bit more about yourself, where you attended school, what you studied, and, and sort of your path to entrepreneurship and developing a, a widely used AI application these days. Thank you, Brian. Uh, I hope you have an hour for me to explain all of that. Um, <laughs> um, I, I'm, uh, I came to this country 43 years ago with a freshly minted electrical engineering bachelor's from IIT Madras. Um, and I came in for graduate studies at Vanderbilt University. I, I studied basically, uh, I, I got a PhD from uh, the biomedical and electrical engineering department there. And my PhD was actually an AI topic, uh, how to build an expert system to analyze uh, uh, EEG signals, uh, brain waves. Um, and uh, ever since that, I've been in AI or, uh, or in healthcare the entire time. And about 30 years ago, um, I was hired away from Boeing Advanced Technology Center working on AI solutions by West Virginia University's program on uh, something called DARPA Initiative on Concurrent Engineering. And as part of that, they, they gave us $10 million uh, to actually develop um, a, a connected healthcare system. So we connected up two hospitals and three clinics over the internet, and we developed the first uh, browser-based electronic medical record using Mosaic, the first browser ever invented. And uh, we also built uh, uh, video conferencing solutions for uh, taking care of patients remotely. Uh, and telehealth solution today has taken over thanks to the pandemic. But right. uh, we had some start over there at that time. And the technology that we developed actually, uh, one of the things uh, uh, was to uh, present electronic medical record over the web. And at that time, we, we searched and searched, and there was nothing electronic that we can actually put in an electronic medical record other than the, the physician dictated clinical documentation. And therein started my journey with clinical documentation. And we developed a workflow solution of uh, essentially the transcription process to try and get these clinical documents um, uh, created and routed and delivered and signed 
and we developed the entire workflow solution. And that is the uh, uh, company that I started in 1995, which uh, got acquired uh, by MedQuest, which was a transcription company. And MedQuest merged with Immortal, and Immortal got acquired by 3M. And still I am uh, there uh, pretty much uh, doing the same thing, which is developing new solutions uh, using NLP and creating uh, uh, clinical doc documentation improvement stuff. Uh, in fact, I was just telling Brian that um, almost a dozen years ago, we deployed a CDI solution at, at a Texas hospital. Um, so it's been an interesting journey and uh, it's, uh, it, and I enjoy every minute of what I do. Uh, right now I'm involved in uh, trying to create clinical documentation directly from patient physician conversation. We have an, a great team at 3M and we, we're working to solve that problem. Awesome. And what 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 year was that? You said you developed the, one of the first EHRs. Ninety three, nineteen ninety. Uh, wow. Our uh, the program called Artemis Advanced Research Testament in Medical Informatics Systems. Uh, it was the, the it was funded in nineteen ninety one, and we developed the first solution. Uh, we actually demonstrated to uh, uh, NLM uh, in nineteen ninety three. Um, Interesting. I was in college at the time, and I did not have access to the internet, so that 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 just shows you how far. <laughs> I, I, I I must admit, I'm an old geek. <laughs> <laughs> I have a funny feeling you are. Um. So, all right, I'm going to admit it straight out. I am not really tech savvy. I know a little bit about artificial intelligence, but why don't you explain it to everyone? It would be a horrible show if I did, but um. Maybe you could just give us an idea of what it actually is. Well, uh, at, at the very fundamental level, at a very basic level, it, it's basically trying to uh, say it's a way to emulate human intelligence using machines. Um, and uh, this has been a quest right from the day one of when the computers were invented. So this AI is not a new field by any stretch of imagination. In 1950, uh, Turing, Alan Turing, developed a test, and that test goes by his name now, Turing test, and which is, if you were to communicate to someone over uh, over a keypad, like a chat, over in, uh, over the internet, uh, can you tell whether the person on the remote side is a person or a machine? If you are not able to distinguish the two, then you basically say. Uh, uh, if it is indeed a machine, that it has intelligence. So, so the classic Turing test is even today, uh, uh, people are trying to uh, have challenges surrounding Turing test. And um, so th there, is, uh, uh, there is this effort to uh, constantly improve the way in which uh, a computer can interact with you. Of course, these days, everybody is using Alexa. And, and if you interact with Alexa, even for a few seconds, you know, its its range of what it can answer is very limited, and certainly uh, it has some intelligence, but you won't call it uh, anywhere close to human intelligence. And uh, so, one constant with all of the stuff which is going on is it needs lots and lots of training data in order to be able to actually uh, do uh, the types of things that you see Alexa do, or the chatbots do, or uh, even a lot of the uh, the coding solutions that we come out with these things we need lots and lots of data. Uh, and in this 
aspect, they are singularly unlike humans. So uh, even though we are talking about machine intelligence, the way you train it uh, uh, is, is completely different than how, you, how a young child would learn new things. And uh, what the systems can do is fairly narrow, uh, but useful at the moment. So there's a lot going on. Um, so hopefully it gives you a, a broad spectrum view of what AI is and how it actually works. Thank you. I mentioned the Turing test. I'm familiar with that from a movie called Blade Runner, which maybe you've seen. They, they try to de de determine whether uh, a replicant's a human being through this a test, which is modeled, I believe, on the Turing test. It's cool. Interesting you brought that up. That's my geek side coming out. That's the only, and I <laughs> didn't know what that was. That was funny, but I also knew what it was from a television show, so that's funny. There you go. That is correct. It's, it's been around for a long time. Yeah. So let's let's try to bridge this to, to CDI. You know what what are AI's particular strengths, the limitations, and, and how how is it presently being used to help the work of CDI specialists? So fundamentally, uh, uh, all that uh, we are trying to do is to automate routine tasks. Um, if somebody has to keep doing routine, painful, boring tasks. Uh, if they have such a task, and then that such a task is um, is a good candidate for automation, for augmentation, etc. Um, that said, um, how you actually automate also makes a difference. Um, uh, there is there is a lot of effort. Um, I mentioned machine learning; it needs lots of data. And uh, uh, we are using machine learning and deep learning and everybody else is doing it as well. But some, how you actually deploy it, um, you need to be careful. Uh, the, uh, sometimes a lot of these deep learning solutions work like a black box. You give it some input, uh, out comes something else. Um, but you need to make these things. Uh, and there is a lot of, uh, uh, questions about these black box solutions and whether they incorporate inherent bias, uh, whether they are uh, introducing some things which, uh, which we really don't like to see in the outputs. And, and bias, uh, and there's, if you follow popular literature on AI, there's a lot of uh, publicity surrounding bias. And um, uh, even in the population health community, there were there was incidents where the the minority communities were judged to not need some care because the AI predicted that they don't need it, and it's because the data that they had didn't have as much diversity as they should. Mm. And the same thing can show up in in all kinds of different ways. And in fact, there's a whole new discipline which has emerged now called explainable AI, which tries to shine a light on exactly how and what, why uh, the, mach the machine learning solution actually predicted some, some things or did something. And, and uh, um, for instance, the CDI specialists, uh, and we, we provide solutions, others provide solutions, they need to see the evidence as to why, why certain action is being recommended. And, and that is critical. And, and that's how the AI solutions are engineered to make sure that they have the information. They also know the reasons why the uh, system is recommending. And it is also screening a whole lot of encounters and uh, the information within encounters so that they can actually uh, 
uh, react to it. And, and if, if a query is needed, they can send the query over. And uh, the, the AI can help in a whole range of view, whole range of ways with CDI specialists. It can uh, prioritize the queue, it can screen encounters, it can, pro, uh, it can show the evidence, it can uh, route the, uh, the query to the physician, it can uh, get the queries answered and get back in time. And, uh, and as well as uh, 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 proactively uh, make sure that the physicians don't mix up errors, right? So the AI can be fairly comprehensive in the ways in which it can help CDI specials. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Okay. All right, well, here's the, the, the flip side to that. We have, and it's, it's been around, this question's been around for a while, for even back when I did CDI. People were worried with all of these new innovations that the actual position of a CDI would be in danger. Um, you know, I, I can tell you 10 years ago, we thought our job would be completely taken over. Obviously, it hasn't worked out that way. Um, but what do, you, what do you think about that? How do you think it will actually end up changing the CDI position? What do you see in the future? Well, this is a, a common fear uh, among not just CDI specialists, but you talk to a physician, you talk to radiologists, you talk to anybody who uh, is seeing the trajectory of AI and, and, and are afraid that their uh, job is going to disappear. The job is not going to disappear, it's going to morph. It's going, uh, these solutions are actually what we call as augmented AI. These solutions provide a way in which to make these people more efficient. And um, so uh, it allows them to screen more encounters. It allows them to see more problems and address them in an efficient and an effective manner. So it is not about replacing them. It is about empowering them. And that's the way they should be looking at. They should always be willing to take the cues and be empowered to be more productive in whatever they are doing. That's how we should look at it. Well, I'm going to steal that from you in my next class. <laughs> I like that, the empowerment. Go for it. I, I'm going to quote you. <laughs> I like that. That's a very good, I like that answer. Just to kind of wrap up here, Jaggi, we were talking just before the show about how quickly the technology is changing, how when you go to the Actus Conference year to year, even you look at platforms, the, the degree at which they're adapting, evolving, and growing. So what, what, what do you think the future holds for, for AI as a tool, you know, CDI specifically, but more broadly, just for society and for healthcare, you know, you, you, you mentioned that replacement of certain tasks and it, it's amazing that some of these are so, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? They're so sensitive that they can pick up things, you know, on a radiology scan that the human eye couldn't see and a physician couldn't detect. I, I, there's a lot of great things here, but it is changing rapidly. So maybe you could give us the, the bird's eye view of what you think is going to happen here in the next five to 10 years? AI has actually, uh, it's been pretty transformational. Um, I'm going to go ahead and plug my uh, blog, AI Talk, which comes in the inside angle, where we look at these kinds of things. Uh, every aspect of healthcare uh, uh, is, is being affected by AI. Hospital care, ambulatory care, home care, population health, imaging, drug discovery, treatments, clinical trials, 
And then there is this entire evolution in the variable and health monitoring technologies, which is transforming the way uh, health, uh, uh, actual good advice is being delivered at the home front for every one of us. And, uh, and, and this trend is going to continue. Uh, um, and I, I remember reading a book which, uh, which talked about the power of accelerating technologies. Uh, uh, you have acceleration in the chip industry, you have acceleration of technology in the networking industry with the 5G, and you have uh, acceleration of the, tech, uh, the actual uh, algorithm development in the, in, the, in the AI sector. And when, and 3D printing, there is acceleration in every vector of technology. And when they converge, the result in explosive applications. So AI is going to be uh, explosively changing a lot of different applications around the world. Uh, on the CDI specialty, I would say uh, the virtual assistants, which are now being uh, uh, deployed with physicians, uh, they actually proactively try to ensure that the documentation is created right the first time. Uh, and uh, there is a lot, instead of uh, fixing the problem after the fact, and uh, it allows the physicians to navigate the EHR, automatically summarize patient-physician interactions. All of this will happen over a period of time. Um, and the entire ecosystem has to evolve, and it will evolve to make the healthcare more efficient and maybe wring out the costs in, 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 in our systems. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I, I, I'd love to see your, or hear your lecture, and that's, I would agree. I think there's a lot of positive things to come from it. It's um, nothing has changed the profession more, I think, than in, in my years at, with Actus than, than technology. So really appreciate the overview here, Chuggy. We did get an interesting comment or two that came in during the show. I'll just read one of them. One of our listeners wrote, I see the biggest value of AI in good prioritization and serving us charts that are in need of a query which increases our query rate metrics. It has its issues, but overall I like working with it. So absolutely. One, one positive. That's a, that's a good point. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and we're gonna be doing more shows on this topic as the year goes along. You know, we're 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 overdue for more on technology on the podcast. And there's a lot more than we can cover today, including implementation and training and all sorts of things. But really appreciate the the, the starting overview here, Juggy. Great stuff. Let's, um, let's take a look back at our poll question. Again, we asked folks, does your organization use an application powered by artificial intelligence to help uh, its CDI program? Um, so our biggest response, 43% said yes, they use it to help with their, it's, it's CDI or coding facing AI application, 43% there. 5% uh, use a physician-facing AI application, 12% use both, a quarter or 25% say no, and 16% don't know. Um, any comments on, on these results, Juggy? Anything here surprise you? Well, I thought it was more than 5% um, using uh, physician-facing AI. Mm -hmm. um, but suddenly, uh, I don't, uh, perhaps they don't, uh, the, almost uh, a good percentage of them use speech rec. Um, uh, that is one form of AI with automatic speech recognition in the front end. And um, suddenly, uh, any kind of uh, uh, Alexa type uh, virtual assistant supporting uh, 
the physician side of the equation, it will see a big uptick. Right. It will see a big uptick. Um, so by the time next year, if we do do this, I would expect this number of five percent to be closer to sixty or seventy percent. Mm -hmm. That's. I don't know if that will pull out, but <laughs> yeah, we'll have to do the we'll have to do the poll again next year and see how yeah. it turns out. It's funny you've, you've mentioned the A L E X name a few times during the show. You must not have it on behind you because otherwise we hear it come on. I've got one over here to my right, <laughs> and if I say it, <laughs> I know I'll trigger it. <laughs> I, it. I do have it. I have two of them, but they are in different rooms. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for your insight on the uh, on the poll question. We're going to go ahead and bounce over right now to our in the news segment. Now, just a moment, I can pull this up here for you all. So, in the news is a regular segment featuring the latest news and updates relevant to the CDI profession. Today, I wanted to share a story from the Healthcare Innovation Group, uh, which details the results of their 2021 State of the Industry Survey. So again, as I always do, I will include the link to this full article in our show notes. Um, this does offer, a, in my opinion, a really great picture of the current state of healthcare and where organizations need to adapt and evolve in order to stay competitive and uh, financially solvent. So this was a survey issued to approximately 150 healthcare senior execs, including CEOs, COOs, CIOs, CMIOs, the whole range of C-suite. Uh, they responded to this survey. They're, they're leaders of standalone hospitals, as well as integrated health systems, medical groups, uh, and other provider organizations. So that's just some context for, for who took this um, particular survey. And it's a long article. I'm not going to cover all of it here. Just a couple things I wanted to, to touch on. A lot of emphasis in the article on value-based care and, and, and technology. I wanted some of that overlap with our topic today, obviously. So from the article, you can see on the screen here, it says, not surprisingly, survey respondents see the challenges ahead of them as they work to evolve uh, forward value-based contracts increasingly leveraged data analytics, including artificial intelligence to support their population health management and care management networks. Um, so respondents were asked to uh, asked a number of key questions around their participation in value-based contracting and, and data facilitated population health management and care management work. For example, they were asked, I'm gonna slide this down here a little bit. Um, again, lengthy article here. But we're asked, what kinds of value-based contracts are your organization currently involved in? And it was like an, an all that apply question. So 35% said they're involved with the Medicare Shared Savings Program. 22% are involved with next-gen ACO programs. 27% Medicaid ACO. 42% private health insurer ACO contract. And only 38% said none of the above. Um, so a lot of growth here into the uh, uh, accountable care organization space. And then they also asked, um, have you begun using analytics to support population health management and care management? So again, the, of the C-suite execs, 37% said they, were, they described their use of analytics as advanced. 38% uh, say that they're early on in their analytics journey. 12% have not used data analytics until now. 
So very new and 12% don't have any plans to use it on any level of scale. To me, I mean, the, the, the big thing with AI is that you can use it to scale up and out. You know, if you're going to start covering clinics, for example, going back to CDI to improve risk scores, you really can't do that without the right strategy, which includes the right tools. So uh, interesting article here. It, it does go on to talk about the rapid emergence of AI um, and what areas these organizations have begun to adopt artificial intelligence and machine learning. Um, the highest interesting was, um, let's see if I can get to that here, was clinical. So 33% are using AI uh, to improve their clinical operations, but 31% are using it for financial and rev cycle management functions, 25% administrative, and 46% say no areas. So curious what your thoughts are here, Juggy, on this piece and whether it sort of rings true with what you're seeing on the, uh, on the supplier side working for 3M. Uh, excellent article, uh, Brian, and um, I agree with the, uh, with the information content that they show there. Uh, the march towards value-based care is, is an ongoing thing. Uh, uh, almost a decade ago, uh, they, uh, they started the Medicare shared savings programs and things like that. And if you look at the adoption rate uh, of some of these programs and the ACOs, uh, they have, they have uh, systematically ticked upwards um, uh, and they continue to go up, and um, and as the uh, uh, as the entire healthcare landscape is changing, uh, the value-based care uh, approach is going to be predominantly adopted. We are actively involved in this area. We have uh, developed a whole series of population management solutions and. Uh, uh, we have uh, tools which will uh, uh, stratify uh, at-risk populations. Uh, we can basically uh, segment the population into different risk status. Solutions for tracking HCCs, uh, addressing social determinants of health is another big area of focus. Hmm. And uh, uh, AI is at the core of all of these kinds of uh, solutions. And um, and uh, population health and ACOs. Uh, they all rely on uh, AI as core data analytics functionality there. Yeah. Well, great stuff. Appreciate the, the analysis here. All right, I'm going to wrap up with just a quick Actus update. So Actus update is a regular feature bringing you the latest updates and what's going on inside of Actus. Um, today, I wanted to let you know that well, we got a couple openings, including for our Membership survey. So um, our 2021 annual Actus membership survey is open. We're hoping you can take just a few minutes to respond to this. Even though, we're, even though it is an Actus membership survey, you don't have to be a member to take it. We are looking for input from non-members, but this survey is critical as it helps us deliver the best membership experience and value we can for you. So we do look closely at these survey results and use them to drive improvements on our end. So go to actus.org right at the top. You will see the, the, uh, the slider there, which has a link to the survey. I'm not going to click it because my computer will put <laughs> Very me in important there. To fill it out. I'll skew the results if I take it. <laughs> All right. Well, that is going to do it for today's edition of the Actus podcast. We're going to be back here again in two weeks for our next show uh, from the mailbag, listener Q&A. You guys, I, I call for 
session ideas and, and show ideas at the end of each show. And you guys have certainly sent me some interesting questions. So we're going we're gonna to hit a few of those on our show coming up again in two weeks. But again, I want to thank Juggy for coming on to talk about AI and as well as the 3M Health Information Systems for their support of today's show. As a reminder, thank you, Brian. Yeah, it was an honor having you. As a reminder, you can listen to the show recordings anytime on our website or via Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or Spotify. Do send in your audience, uh, your audience, your your ideas, and I will certainly take those into consideration for future shows. You can send those directly to me at bmurphy at actus.org. That will do it, everyone. We'll see you back here again in two weeks. Take care, everyone. <laughs>